Warning, MF Uncensored contains adult language and discussion. Listener discretion is advised. We're a couple of misfits. We're a couple of misfits. What's the matter with misfits? That's where we fit in. We're not happy and dilly. Don't go around with Hello, everyone, and welcome back to MF Uncensored. Don't forget, if you guys are listening to us on the go, you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, basically anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also find more of our content on our website, themisfitfaction.com. There you find links to not only this show, but some of our other shows like the Multiverse Fancast and Cinematic Adventures. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Paul, with me via the Zoom studio is someone who I am super excited to speak with. We just did our pre-show and all, like even during the pre-show, we were already like vibing and clicking and going back and forth, which is always a good sign. And also we had to reschedule and we managed to make the reschedule work. So that's always bonus points if we make the reschedule work. And that is Libby Supan. I I had to like think about it really quick. You got it. But Libby, thank you so much for joining us today. Paul, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. It it really is my pleasure. And when we get into the meat and potatoes of the show, you guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna gush a little bit at some point about why I'm so excited about this. But Libby, for our guests, for our our people that are listening, can you tell us a little bit about what you do? Yes. So I am a therapist and I'm also a certified intuitive eating coach. And I have a therapy practice where I can see clients who reside in California where I'm licensed. And in my coaching practice, I help I can see anybody anywhere located in the world. And with both practices, I specialize in eating disorders, disordered eating, and anything to do with food or body stuff. So, and I'm sorry, I'm no, virtual no, I just, I and <laughs> that's about it. Yeah, go ahead. So I love, you know, it's something that used to be very taboo, like that whole subject of, about eating disorders and about how people viewed food. And in more recent years, we've noticed that trends have started to change and just in terms of people talking about the things that are going on do you find that in more recent times that people are coming forward a little bit more about having issues with how they eat or how they diet or how they exercise anything like that absolutely yes i am so grateful and pleased that we are living in a world where i think every day we're moving forward really slowly for true like food health, food freedom, anti-diet culture. I think more and more people are being exposed to the truth of what diet culture really is. And I do believe that more people are recognizing, wait a second, I'm not allowing myself to eat until like this, this, and this time, like maybe there's something wrong with that. You know, I think people are starting to question why am I doing this? And then yeah, talking about it where I think before we're just so ingrained with diet culture rules and all of that, that we don't even know it was a problem, you know? Yeah. And of course, this is the worst time of the year for diet culture because we did an episode a few years ago called New Year's uh, Resolutions are Bullshit. And it was one yeah. of the popular episodes just because people, like it made sense. I am all about goal setting. I love goal setting. If you, like, perfect example, I set a goal about three months ago to monetize our YouTube channel. And just this past week at time of recording, it just hit monetization. And I made sure I, nice. I set a goal. Thank you. I set a goal and I set steps, small, tiny, obtainable steps. As somebody who has struggled, and I, I know I mentioned it in the pre-show, and if anybody's been listening to the show long enough, especially recently, we've had a lot of mental health professionals on, which has been a lot of fun. Anybody who knows me also knows that I struggle 
a long time with body image, especially. And that was a combination. I used to be a, a professional martial artist. I used to teach and I used to train. And there's, there's a certain culture that goes with that and a certain expectation. Like if you walk into a gym and somebody comes up to you and they weigh 400 pounds and they're like, I'm going to get you healthy. I'm going to be like, are you, are you going to do that? Yeah. But I love how you brought up the phrase diet culture. And it's something that people really like they fall into and I, and I'm guilty of it. I, I fell into it too. Like I was like, I have to eat every two to three hours and I have to eat this many calories. And like, otherwise I am not healthy. So for, right. Or I'm not okay. Right. So for people that follow a very rigid, like this is what I have to do. What are some of the steps that you might take with them? Well, I think, well, the first thing would, they would need to see that there's some kind of a problem with it. You know, I'm not going to try to convince anyone to change what they're doing. Yeah. I mean, every single person is so very individualized. So there's so many, I would need to know so much more, but I think generally speaking, the very first place I always start with anyone with any kind of food issues is we have to make sure overall you're eating adequately, consistently, and appropriately. You're getting enough nutrition. You're eating enough. You're eating when you're hungry. You're not waiting until 12 PM when Jenny Craig says you're allowed to eat or keto, whatever, you know? So the very first place is, are you eating enough and be honest with yourself? You know? See, it's funny because like you mentioned, like, I don't want to mention too many of the famous diets. Like you mentioned Craig and, and weight, <laughs> you got weight watcher, stuff like that, which some of them can be very healthy if done a certain way. And with the, you know, the right precaution, I know I was, I know a lot of people that do intermittent fasting and I am oh. very, I'm very against intermittent fasting. Cause I, I don't like the idea of starving yourself. I did a program <laughs> a few years ago that I don't want to say it was pushed on me, but was highly encouraged. This was maybe like 15, 20 years ago now. Oof. I don't want to talk about that part, but uh, called isogenics. And oh my gosh, I know exactly what you're talking about. So isogenics was very big on cleansing. That was their their spiel. That was like their their hook. That the food that we're eating is so unhealthy and so not processed or overly processed. Which to a point, I do agree. Our food is very processed. Sure, that's just American food. Like my wife has a gluten sensitivity, but when we went to Italy two years ago. She could eat all the pasta and all the bread and all the stuff, and she had no problems. So, And isn't that interesting? It's so interesting. But yeah. this isogenics program was like, you don't eat for like days. And oh. you take like their cleanses, and then you do their shakes. And I was like, that's fantastic in the short term. Like I lost 5, 10 pounds over like a week because I didn't eat. Right. So whenever it comes to like mm -hmm. fasting or intermittent fasting even, I'm very like, nope, not for me. Absolutely. I agree with you. And it's so funny because most of all my family and friends, they know what I do and I'm like super passionate about it. And sometimes they think they're going to get in trouble if they tell me like, oh, I'm doing this thing with food or whatever. I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm never going to judge you. But um, so my nephew texted me, I think it was last night. And he says, my dad and I are going, we're going to start a fast tonight, which was yeah, Thursday. Wait, today's Friday. Yeah, Thursday. And we're going to stop on Tuesday, but I'm going to go longer. And I just responded, you know, I don't endorse this. Please take care of yourself. Yeah. I know. And it's unfortunate because those are the things that give you really quick water weight results. And sure, like uh, a friend of the podcast, our good friends over at Hey Pal, What's New. It's another show that we're, we're, that we're very good friends with. He's been on. They're doing a yeah. weight loss challenge. And he was telling me about it. And I was like, weight loss challenges are 
are fine if it if you and a, like a buddy want to be accountable with each other and stuff like that like that's great just i told him i was like you're gonna see water weight go off quick and you're gonna feel good and then it's gonna plateau because you know you're not really changing enough so like we we had a very long talk about it and it's funny because there are people that go to one extreme where they're not eating because of some sort of fasting or or you know intermittent fasting whatever it is and then people that just don't eat because of something like anorexia how do you distinguish though like what kind of diagnosis that you're really working with absolutely yeah so going on an intentional weight loss diet is the number one form of disordered eating Mm -hmm. going on a diet will much more like i'm not saying this properly will you are much more likely to develop an eating disorder by going on one single diet Mm-hmm. And I don't have the statistics in front of me or anything, but um, yeah. So disordered eating is intermittent fasting. It's any kind of intentional weight loss diet. It's adhering to any kind of external rules or guidelines with how, why, what you eat. And also typically speaking, the underlying intentionality or motivator about why you're doing what you're doing is to manipulate your body for aesthetics. So I think those two things show you that this is disordered eating. Am I adhering to external guidelines, like not listening to my internal body? And two, is my intentionality to lose weight? So that's disordered eating. And I don't want to say most, uh, it seems like most, but so many people have disordered eating and they have no idea and they will fight you till you're blue in the face that this isn't disordered eating, this is healthy. And I'm not going to fight, you know? And then an eating disorder is when it just is more severe and it goes to the next level. And it's, I'm not just intermittent fasting. I'm not eating for days. And that goes on maybe for, I don't know, a long time, you know, months, months, a year, just depending. And then maybe it started out with anorexia and most people cannot maintain that. Mm-hmm. And it turns into binge eating disorder and then bulimia and it kind of goes back and forth. And it, yeah. So it's, it's really the severity. It's all disordered. And what makes an eating disorder is the severity and there's all different types of eating disorders and there's criteria to match each disorder and whatever, but yeah. So it's funny. You mentioned eating disorders versus disordered eating. I was in that latter camp for a long time. I was like, I don't have a disordered eating or eating disorder because I'm eating healthy all the time. You know, yeah. like 80% of my food is pure healthy. Then maybe 10, 20% is, is less healthy just so it's, yeah. it was rigid. Oh God. I was, yeah. I don't know how my family and friends and my, my wife, bless her heart. She, she is so understanding about some of my dietary habits and some of my, I, I love to exercise. I am a very big fan of it. I've had to reevaluate exercising because now at this time in my life where I'm almost 40, which is hilarious, still <laughs> do my taxes on my own, still don't know anything about my own retirement, but I'm going to be 40. I'm an adult. I get it. I feel like I'm 10. But like when we went on our honeymoon, I hit the gym and I, I was like, are you okay if I go to the gym? She's like got a margarita in her hand. It's like 10 o'clock in the morning. She's like, you sure? Why? Like, why? <laughs> I, I just enjoy it. It's something that I, I'm very passionate about. Yeah. For me, though, eating has always been the issue. And especially after COVID hit and yeah. so many people, you know, drinking became just yeah. commonplace. And even I had to like check myself with drinking. And now yeah. I don't drink during the week if I can help it. Like over, over the Christmas break, I'll, I indulged a little, but yeah. So, do you find though that those trends are changing among adults or teenagers or 
is it something consistent, something trackable, or is it just all over? Yeah. The trends of disordered eating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think it's everywhere. I think, you, I mean, you are right in that when the pandemic hit, met, I, again, I don't want to say most, but it seems like most, but so many people, yeah, struggled with over-consuming food, mm-hmm. binging, emotional eating, putting on uncomfortable, you know, amounts of weight and also alcohol. Yeah. But one thing I, sorry, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. Oh, one okay. thing I just wanted to mention was when you were talking about how you were had all those years of disordered eating. It's interesting because when I think back, so I I recovered from an eating disorder and you know why I do what I do. And it was for, I mean, for maybe, so it went on for about 20 years. So maybe like, I don't know, 18 of those years, I really thought and believed that the restriction, whatever the diet was, was actually healthy. Like this is real Libby. This is what's actually I'm supposed to be doing. And then this monster comes out and I turn into this like crazy person and I cannot stop eating the binging self. And I thought that was the problem mm-hmm. until I finally learned after all those years of suffering, it's because of the restriction. Like you have to look at the restriction because that's what triggers the binge. So it's funny you say that because when I was dealing with it um, on my own, that was the two points that there were two points that were brought to me. One was restriction. When you restrict yourself so heavily, the second you go past that restriction, you you lose. Like you, you're you're going to go crazy. Like f- this is a true story. When my wife and I first started dating, and I was eating healthy every meal, and I was working out twice a day, once at five o'clock in the morning, and then once at four o'clock in the afternoon. I had a, we had a movie night. This was like our third, fourth date or something like that. And I got a big thing at Chips Ahoy cookies. Okay. Like that, like the double chunky, like fatty McFaddington, biggest bat. (laughs) And the movies barely started and I'm down to the last sleeve. And she looks at me, she's like, did you eat all those already? I was like, no. She's like, are you going to finish them? I was like, not anymore. I ended up finishing them. But like I inhaled them and didn't even think about it. So for me, like the restriction was the issue. And then it goes also to another side where there was something that I was unfulfilled with. And I was using those brief moments of dopamine to, to feel yeah. that fulfillment. So Absolutely. it's it's weird because eating disorders, people think that they're very simple. You don't like the way you look. They're, I so, know. they're so layered and there's emotional. So layered. Like, so for, if you have somebody that comes into you, how do you start going through those layers to find out what the source of all this is? You know, like I was saying earlier, everyone is so different. So the first step is, you know, gaining in like background information and history and where you came from and what was your, you know, upbringing like, and what are your parents like and your sibling relationships and what are your friends like? And I mean, there's so much. So, and that, that's why therapy, especially when you're dealing with like eating disorders or disordered eating, it's long, it takes a long time. Mm -hmm. There's so much to uncover and unravel, unlearn and relearn. So it's really like, let's first find out like where, who you, like, I need to know who you are. Like, seriously, who are you? Where did you come from? What's going on in your world? What are your thoughts? What are your feelings? What's your environment like? And let's break it down from there. And it's kind of like, this is how I'll explain it. So it's kind of like, okay, so if you can visualize this, because right. I know most people are just listening on podcasts. So, okay, here's your brain, right? If mm-hmm. you 
cut the top of your brain off and you kind of open it, if you will, and you spread out all of the ingredients, which let's say are all of your thoughts and beliefs, you and I are going to look at every single one. We're going to question it. Is it valid? Is it credible? Where did it come from? Is it actually true? If so, great. And if not, okay, let's find out what the real truth is and let's start working on reframing that. And then it's like this habitual, like the constant reminder of like that new thought process. And that's the neuroplasticity in the process that I use when I work with my clients. It's like very repetitive. So yeah, it's it's just so layered and everyone is so different. You know, you might have more things in your, like, let's say work environment that need to be looked at, like toxic work relationships, or maybe, you know, another person, it's actual food scarcity where they don't have, they don't have the privilege for, to have, you know, a quote unquote healthy diet. So it's just so nuanced, but yeah, the first part is who are you? Let's find out the starting point. Where are your pitfalls? Maybe let's say, let's talk about those. And then how do we retrain and relearn and then it's just constantly doing it the new way thinking the new way and reminding yourself this is different this is new nope i don't do that anymore just constant so it's funny you say that because i was going to ask next what are some of the resistances you get do they differ from men to women younger to older like what what's the biggest holdback that people are like no that's nope can't do that i would say overall letting go of the fantasy of weight loss. And I can speak to that myself. That is why part of why it took me so long to get better because I could not let go. I was terrified. And that's actually been a theme this week with my clients, both like therapy and coaching clients is the grieving process of this. And it is truly grief. It is identity. It's who am I if I'm not focused on weight loss? Who am I if I don't talk about this anymore? Who am I if I'm not looking at new diet plans and fitness workouts and new like motivators and weight loss challenges and sugar cleanses? Like, who am I? What am I supposed to put in my brain? You know? You know, it's crazy because like I said, this is the time of the year. So a time of recording, it's mid-January. By the time of release, it's probably going to be about February. And just it's where people start to fall off. And then they go back into those old habits because we always say that if you take big, gigantic steps that aren't sustainable, you're going to go right back to where you were. So, and I love, you know, it's funny you say because you're like, if I don't feel this way about diet culture, whatever it is, because diet culture is a billion dollar industry. It is exactly, and that's what it is. It's a business, just like smoking, just like alcohol. Weight loss is a business, and they will do anything, especially those those quick fixes. Like, oh yeah, I remember hydroxy cut. It was like, oh, I did that. I did all of it. I did that. I did everything, and then I finally realized, as an adult, as an educated adult with stuff like this, it was pure caffeine. It was like nine hundred milligrams of just caffeine. And I work with kids and vaping is the big thing. Like kids are Mm -hmm. vaping all over and the the girls shrink and they think it's because they're healthy. It's because vaping has so much nicotine in it that it's, it fills their appetite. They're not hungry and their body's constantly burning it. So it's wild, you know, 
I know. I mean, all this. And then obviously the fitness industry in itself. What are your thoughts on like the over commercialization of weight loss? Well, I can tell you. So yeah, exactly what you were saying. And this is what I tell the people I work with because they're, you know, not that they're fighting me for anything, but it's more just like questioning, but Libby, why? But like, I'm not supposed to eat after 9 p.m. But like, that's what I know. That's what I've been told. And it's like, no, the reason why you think and believe that is because you're paying to believe that message. Diet culture has trillions of dollars to promote and market. Anti-diet culture, guess what? We don't, you know, like we're so little and small. Little wasn't a good word, but we're so, (laughs) you know what I mean? Smaller capacity that we don't have that kind of money. So you don't get the actual, real, factual, true messages. And so we're just flooded with misinformation all the time. I also think it's generalization too. Like if, if somebody goes on a weight loss journey and they find great success and they're happy and they're healthy, cool. I, I'm your biggest supporter, your biggest fan. Totally. But I love, I love like the old infomercials. Like I am, I'm a huge fan of, of the Beachbody program, which actually rebranded themselves. Yes, and now, I know. now they're just called body. So like <laughs> I, I did it for years and it was a great starting point for me in terms of just the physical fitness. But I remember their infomercials and they're like, you can get ripped in 90 days. And uh, I was P90X. Oh, Tony Horton. Love P90X. I, I still do a P90X workout every once in a while. Insanity. I met Sean T, the guy who created Insanity. Did I did a, a group workout with him years ago. And I have, I still have pictures where I got to meet him afterwards. And he like nicest guy. And he's, he's a really cool dude. But obviously he's a, it's a business. It is, it's, it's what they present. And a lot of times they'll be like, this is what I eat every day. I'm like, no, you don't. You're lying. I know. And I seriously, the whole what I eat in a day videos, this is what I eat. I find it extremely irresponsible because just like you're saying, you know, I can lose weight doing A, B, and C, but that doesn't mean that's good for anyone else. And it actually could be quite damaging. So like, please keep it to yourself. Right. Like some of these guys are eating like 60 grams of protein a day. If I ate 60 grams of protein, like maybe when I was in my twenties, but now I'd be in the bathroom for half the day. Like totally, <laughs> my stomach would be killing me. I right. actually, I follow a guy on Instagram. I forget his name off the top of my head, but he is like, here's what I look like on a normal day. And he's, he's bloated. Like he's like, dude, it's not yeah. always be like this. Like it, your body goes in waves and fluxes and this and that. Yes. And I, if I'm going to follow somebody in terms of health and fitness, I want somebody that shows the both sides of it. Not just, Hey, look at what right. I look like. Cause the, I know. the algorithms and Instagram, they're like, look at all the good. I like seeing the normal. Right. And I don't know about you, but you know, back when I was not well, I mean, social media is newer for me at my age, but I mean, anyways, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but when I would look at, you know, in my day, it was more like magazines or like TV commercials or celebrities and that kind of a thing. I feel really bad about myself. Even if I told myself, okay, I'm going to do that. It was just constant. I'm not good enough. Okay. Do better, do better, do better, do more, do more, do more compared to when I look at the pages, like you're talking about, like, this is actually what I really look like. And maybe tonight I look like this and I might look slimmer because I'm not bloated. I would much rather see that. And I don't, I feel neutral in those pages, you know, or those accounts. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Cause like, you ever see the movie fight club back in the day, Brad Pitt? Yes. The whole, there's a whole notion in that movie. Spoiler alert for fight club for <laughs> 20 years ago when it came out, Brad Pitt's a figment of 
Edward Norton's imagination, but that's how he yeah. imagines the perfect guy to look. And they actually make yeah. fit in the movie. Like, oh, is that what a guy's supposed to look like? And I was right there yeah. with you. Like, you'd see like a Brad Pitt or Bradley Cooper, these guys that have millions of dollars and totally. trainers and binge diets and this and that. And they're like, this is what I look like. Well, great. What do you look like the rest of the year? Totally. Because and like you're paid to do that. Like you're paid to lose weight. You're paid to look good. If you're actually paid to do that. If somebody paid me millions of dollars a year <laughs> to, to look good and do like, like I'm literally on camera right now. If they were like, right. if you do that with abs, we'll pay you millions of dollars. You better believe I'm going <laughs> to three almonds and a glass of water for breakfast. Right. No, I know. I know. Like I figure it out. I know. I'll, I'll make it work. I'll, like I'll do 90 no. minute work. And that's another <laughs> thing. Like I work basically like a nine hour day. Like most people, my, my, my schedule is, is a little rough though from it's a seven to three type schedule. So I'm like, when do I work out? And I used to work out before work and then after work. Yeah. And mm -hmm. like, I, I did too. I, now I work out before work just cause I like the way it sets my, my day and Me too. you know, I'll change up my workouts. Like, and I started to learn to listen to my body and be like, Hey, you need to stretch today. You need to rest. Like, yes. cause I was doing, I was lifting weights six days a week and then doing cardio yeah. like four days a week. Paul, I'm with you. I used to do the same. And people still do it. And, and it sucks. Cause like, I want people to feel good. Like this, this whole show was based off of people feeling out of place. And there are a lot more people feeling out of place than people that feel good all the time. Absolutely. You were talking earlier about you were a professional karate person. What's it called? <laughs> karate person, yes. What's it called? Martial arts? Uh, yeah, I did uh, Taekwondo okay. for 25 years. Taekwondo. Yes. Okay, that's a long time. But it was making me think. And you were saying you were doing like double days. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I, I grew up dancing, cheerleading. I did professional cheerleading. And the last time I was compulsively over exercising when I wasn't well, it was in my twenties and I was doing two a days and it was like, you know, three, four hour a day workouts. And it was crazy. I mean, it was awful. I've had foot surgery on both my feet. I have like these ailments that I'm constantly like, you know, doing physical therapy for because of all the years of like that. Oh, yeah. And it made me crazy. And the interesting thing is, and this isn't for everybody, and I'm not saying this in any way to like brag, but today, the way I eat, I love, I don't even think about it. It just is. I don't think about food like I used to. The way I move my body is so pleasurable and it's for such different reasons. Right. It used to be punishment and like, go, go, go. You better do more, do more, do heavier. And today it's seriously, my intentionality and motivator is... I'm getting older and I want to be able to pick myself up when I fall. I want to be able to go on ladders and like lift boxes. I want to be able to have strong bones. That's truly my motivator. And also to clear my mental head, my mental space, you know? And that's the biggest thing for me now. Like I, I completely 10 trillion percent relate. Like in my twenties, I was doing martial arts professionally. I was running Tough Mudders and Spartans with a group of people. Tough Mudder. Yes. Tough Mudder is still my favorite thing to do. I actually proposed to my wife at the finish line of her first Tough Mudder. So I would do it with you. Uh, we. Oh, wait, did uh, you just say you proposed? I proposed to my wife at the, at the finish line. That. So like, um, well, I was thinking five steps ahead because I knew that there would be professional photographers at the finish line. Oh my line. gosh, you're so right. And we have pictures with the Tough Mudder logo on the bottom. And cause like my friends went ahead and they're like, Hey, like this is going to happen. There's like a volunteer in the background, like cheering in one of the pictures. It's the best. And awesome. 
like for that, like if I was going to do a Tough Mudder or Spartan, I would train a certain way leading up to it. Now I feel so much better about how my same thing, how my body moves, how it feels. Like I go to the chiropractor regularly just to, just to, you know, get adjusted. I do two days of stretching in the middle. Like I break up my workout weeks, like, and you're, you're looking at longevity. And I love that. You're yeah. like, I'm not always going to be able to do certain things. I want to do them for as long as I can though. And yeah. the diet is only, or not the diet. I hate saying the word diet nutrition. I you mean, though. Yeah. The nutrition yeah. is only going to supplement it. It's like, if you have a right. car, you don't want to put mud in the car all the time. You want the right kind of gas. Yeah. Sometimes right. you want unleaded and sometimes you need regular. So I, I love that you're doing this kind of body mind connection and it's reflected in how you're eating. Yes. And one other thing I just thought to say, because I think most people think of intuitive eating. I know we haven't even talked about that, but no. most people think of intuitive eating as like, oh, okay, just eat cheesecakes all day. You're going to get fat and unhealthy. It's like, okay, there's so much to intuitive eating and that's not it. But here's what I want whoever's listening to know that where I'm at now, and it's taken a long time to get here. So I'm not saying this is like any kind of a quick fix. I truly am the healthiest I've ever been. I truly have the most nutrient dense diet I ever have. And I eat everything I want. My cupboards are filled with like candy, cookies, chocolates, and also a bunch of other things. But I, I want you, like whoever's listening, hear me. Like I did every diet in the world. I did every diet pill, every shot, every injection, every everything diet. And I am the healthiest I've ever been now. And I eat all foods. That's so. awesome. So it's funny. I actually went the opposite way. So okay. I used to like, it was chocolate chip cookies were my kryptonite. Like I would get like giant, like, oh God. It, and I went to a point where I finally found the cause, like not so much how I wanted to look, but how I felt. And that was yeah. a really big thing for me. And then once I started, it's again, peeling back those layers and peeling back those layers. Now, like we have plenty of food in the house. My my wife's a snacker. She loves to snack. She's got snacks yeah. all over. It's like a little scavenger hunt. Totally. <laughs> yeah, it's like me. She, we'll go to the grocery store and she's like, do you want these cookies? And I'm like, I don't want them. And she's like, yeah, exactly. you can have them. I was like, I know I can have them. I can have them. I can enjoy them. And every once in a while, maybe I will. But like that want and that desire isn't there. And exactly. in a healthy way. And I feel it. And, it, and I right. love it. So and, it's Sorry. No, no, no. It's good. Go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, and it's only because you are mentally allowing yourself those foods again. Whereas before you told yourself they were bad and wrong. Mm -hmm. And that's what triggers that binge urge, you it, know? Yeah. They're taboo. They're they're the thing you can't have, and that's that's right. any sort of you know. I don't want to, not disorder disorder. Well, yeah, we'll go with disorder. That's anything. Like a lot of times, it's based on what you can't have. Everybody's always focused on what right. they can't have or don't have. Yeah. Part of yeah. my process is I like to write down things that I'm grateful for. I try and do it every day, but it doesn't always happen every day. I'm the I'm the worst. But uh, my wife actually, for those of you guys watching on the YouTube channel, we got my wife got me this lovely notebook. So every day I kind of wait. Try let me see it. Yeah, it's I'm a, like, is that the one I have? No, no. Yeah, okay. I, but yeah, she like with a matching pen, like it was a great gift and it's been fun. Like I, and I try and write down things that I'm grateful for or say them out loud at least. Cause there's also a lot of power in words and how people talk to themselves. Yes. And yes, like my wife will tell me that I'm the most handsome guy in the world, but I'll look in the mirror and say the opposite. And because it's coming from me, I'm going to think that. So yeah. 
there's a lot of power in just words and talking and actions yes. and things. And yep, I, how you talk to yourself. I love it. So you did mention intuitive eating and I wanted to ask you about it. I know we're, we're getting towards our time. I'm keeping an eye, don't worry. But when you say intuitive eating, what does that mean? Yeah. So it's a buying, it's a mind, body, spirit approach to eating holistically. We were all born intuitive eaters. And if you're a person like many of us ha have been or are, you kind of lost your path along the way because of all of the misinformation you've received, you know, fat phobia as well, you know, being the society we live in, we're like very judgmental and shaming of any kind of fat or fatness. So yeah, I completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> what was I saying? So intuitive eating is, you know, oh, intuitive eating. Yes, distracted by, yeah, no, that, that, I love it. You're so yes. passionate and I love watching, like when I, I feel bad for anybody who's just listening to this because watching yeah. like you light up and it's really like you could, I can tell just how passionate you are about it. It's really just kind of empowering to me too. Thank you. And actually totally, I say the same thing about you, but so sorry, going back to intuitive eating, it's truly like I give myself full permission to eat anything I want. And when I come from that place, like we were saying before, I don't want all the things all the time. I want them sometimes and they taste great. It's here's an idea of intuitive eating. Here's an example. So, okay, I'm going into a three hour meeting and right now I'm not physically hungry, but I know in three hours I'm going to be ravenous. And when I get ravenous, I'm going to be triggered to binge mm -hmm. and then probably most likely binge. And then I'll feel really bad at my, about myself. And that might trigger like a week long binge episode could be a month. Who knows? So I'm going to take care of myself. I'm an intuitive eater. So even though I'm not physically hungry right now, I'm going to eat something. So after the three hour meeting, I'm fine. I'm okay. So that would be an aspect of intuitive eating. There's so much in intuitive eating. But just know you were once an intuitive eater if you're not now. Yeah. So and it's a relearning. Well, it's, it's like we were talking about before. There's so much thrown at you, like just, and misinformation. It's so easy to misinform nowadays. Like, as, as much as I love like, you know, my body, beach body and all that stuff, like I was doing every single one of their supplements. I was like, I mm. can't be healthy unless I'm supplementing. God, I know. But then I went too far and there was a point in my life where I was having three protein shakes a day and that was it. And I was like, oh. That's how you're healthy by having all of it. I know. Now, like I'm, I'm a very... I'm a creature of habit. So like my lunch is pretty consistent. It's like totally. what I enjoy. Like, and yeah, also I'm a terrible cook. I'm the worst cook. In the <laughs> Not great. Like, if it's simple, if you could burn cereal, I'd be the first one. But yeah. like, for me, it's like, this is what I know how to make. This is what I enjoy eating. And then every once in a while, like tonight, my wife and I are going to go out to dinner and we're going to go for burgers or whatever it is. And it's something that we don't even think about anymore. But I, right. I like the idea that at one point we knew what we, our bodies needed. And we adapted to that and we, we just kind of did our thing. Like, I don't think a caveman was ever going, man, I got to eat in two hours and 58 minutes better. Right. doesn't work that way. Yeah. Better get some rocks or something. I don't know. But right. we're getting towards the end of our time, unfortunately, at the end of all of our episodes though, we do like to play a little game. It's a, a rapid fire question game. If you're interested, I have a couple of questions that I, I like to tailor to my guests and it's yes. just really like one, two, three. So okay. I'm going to hit you with a few. A book okay. or resource that you recommend about intuitive eating, a book or resource? The first thing I would do is I would get the intuitive eating workbook. Perfect. It's in the title. That's awesome. By the actual authors. 
I love it. Let's see, a myth about eating disorders that you personally would like to debunk. Just eat. Just eat. It doesn't work that way. It's not about the food. I love that. What is one of your favorite success stories from a client? If you can say, obviously, you know, with therapy and all oh, that. Stuff. So many. I couldn't tell you like exactly what the success is, but I'm thinking of one client in particularly where there's been probably a handful of times when I will cry with my clients in session when they have these like huge breakthroughs and it's like, I'm feeling it now. Just things like I actually allow myself to show my arms in the summer when it's hundred degrees outside. I'm no longer like ridden with sweat and BO because I'm hiding in a sweatshirt. Mm -hmm. I'm okay showing my arms. Like I don't love them, but they're okay. Or I actually told my husband, I thought I was going to binge. And because of that, we decided to leave the house and I didn't binge. And because of that, I'm at work today. And because of that, I'll be at work tomorrow. I love that. It's like things like that. I mean, there's so many, there's so many really big, really big successes. Love to hear that. All right. I'm going to ask one more. What yeah. is What is one of your own self-care practices that you swear by? gratitude journal. That's I think, where I got all excited when you were talking about yours. And uh, I have one that has prompts in it and it is like legit. It is the best. So I, I know we're running out of time, but I'm going to tell this story super duper quick. I, I mentioned that I did martial arts for, for X amount of years. I was part of an organization, which I, I have a lot of love and a lot of respect for. They did do a lot more of like the, I don't want to say self-help, but the empowerment type stuff. Like that's just kind of how it shifted because martial arts isn't just physical. It's a lot of mental. And we used to do a lot of like I am statements and gra and it, it made them actually a little poisonous to me at one point where I was like, I got yeah. triggered by them. And I was like, I, yep. it reminds me of this time in my life that I was so not happy and didn't even realize it. And now I'm finally starting to kind of, but I need blank paper. I can't, I can't do prompts. It, yeah. yeah. Oh, even just sitting here. No, I, I hear you. Yeah. So, and what you're just, we're talking about is called toxic positivity and it's so gross. See, now we're going to have to do a follow-up. I'm already like, I can, I'd love to I can probably talk for another 45 minutes, but before we go, obviously, if anybody's looking for help, how are some ways that people can get in touch with you? Yeah. So my social media accounts, and those would be TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. I'm at food freedom with Libby. You can email me Libby at LibbySupan.com. My website is LibbySupan.com. And in the show notes, there should be a link to some freebies where you'll get a food freedom ebook that I created. And yeah. Perfect. So yes, check the link in the description, check all those things. It's, it's going to all be there. So make sure you guys check it out. You know, I might've peeked at the, the freebies because I also like freebies, but that is going to take us towards the end. Libby, thank you so much for coming on today. This was fantastic. Thank you so much, Paul. And I would love to come back on if you wanted to do that. You got it. But for the for now, have a great rest of your day. You too.